Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3. 133 on LUS Fiber to Game Hotline is 337-706-0111, 337-706-0111. Well, since we last spoke on Tuesday, fair amount has happened. Stupid Celtics won. Sickening. And now you can tell the national media is trying their best to convince themselves that they're fixing to win four in a row. You know, I, I've said before many times, I don't, I don't dance at Yankee wakes, only at the funerals. And so you, you that applies to the Celtics uh, even more. So you can't dance yet, but. Um, We'll see how the Heat res- – I do think – I do kind of expect the Celtics to win this next game. Heat better win game six. They better, 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 better win game six. Um, the Celtics have not been a good home team. Hopefully that continues in game five, but we will keep an eye on that. The Piper obviously has been the Piper. I mean, it's – you know. It is what it is. The the Blue Jays, I mean, look, when you're in the moment, like the Blue Jays were Monday, like the Astros were Monday, when, or the Blue Jays were Tuesday maybe, when, when, when you're in the moment, it's all fun and games. And, you know, the Piper just sits back and just giggles. He's like, yeah, all right. Enjoy it now. But, I mean, again, the fun and games ends. Then you have to – then reality sets in. And um, that's what's happened to the Astros and the Rays and the the Jays yesterday. But, again, in the end, as bad as, you know, the Piper paid the – you know, the Astros' debt was paid. It wasn't – it's not fun to pay, pay debts. Their debt was paid. The The bottom line is, going back to the beginning of the season, just don't get swept. Now, that's the worst way to ensure not getting swept is to have a game where you hit five home runs and get 15. That's awful. You don't want to ever do that, ever, unless you have to. Like, if you got, if you need that to win 12 to 10, then okay. I mean, you, you do it and you just put up with, you know, whatever debt has to be paid has to be paid. But... Um, no, that's that. That's the worst way to do it. But at least it was done. Still, it sure beats getting swept. The good news about the Astros getting really paying a debt and, and, and getting shut out twice in a row is I feel a little better. Like if they had won yesterday. I'd feel I I I just don't like this Oakland A's thing. We're gonna have to start going on an Oakland A's watch. 
I, I think we're fixing to talk more Oakland A's baseball over the next, this summer, than we've ever had ever. Folks, they're get, we're not that far away from a third of the way through this season. They lost again yesterday. They have 10 wins. 10. I do not. I, I, you know, I was uncomfortable last week. And, you know, Astros won that series by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin against, you know, one of the historically one of the worst pitching staffs. Right now, and again, it's still early. Right now, the Oakland A's are on pace, have the worst pitching staff in the history of baseball. And the Astros scored 10 runs against them in three games at home. Now, typically the Astros play better on the road, although the last two days wouldn't uh, support that. But um, so getting shut out twice is not what the Oakland A's pitching staff needed. No, I mean... If there are any Oakland A fans out there still, they're like, oh, this is that. And they, and they think and they understand how baseball typically works. You know, it, oh, this ain't good. Astros are coming to Oakland and they just got shut out twice. That's a muy mucho ball move for the A's. At least I'm hoping so. At least I'm hoping so. Because uh, Astros really need to get a sweep here. You just want to pile up as many wins as you can until you can get back fully functioning and, and and hope that, you know, you can really improve some things. All right. College baseball, LSU. I didn't know whether they'd win yesterday. They didn't pitch their one or their two starter, and they won, which tells me more than likely I kind of think they're going to be in the finals. I don't know that that ensures LSU – like that they're going to win this thing, although picking LSU to win the SEC tournament is always a pretty safe bet on one hand. Now, again, with as up and down as most of their pitchers have been this season and a lot of down, um, I don't, you know, I thought it was who, I didn't know what to think of yesterday's game. And the fact that they won it, especially the way that they did, I think that they're going to be in the finals, but still got to um, still got to win the games, and we'll we'll see what happens. I would also, though, with that said, hesitate. Look, the game was played. The result is what it is, and the result is you know you it's a means to an end. But I would hesitate in putting too much stock on what actually happens in terms of going forward on a game that starts at 9.30 in the morning. I, I I wouldn't put too much stock on exactly what happened, just that it happened. Um, These nine, I mean, 9.30 games, I mean, you know, I, I, I wouldn't put too much stock in in, in the me, in, in what happened, just that you won and you move forward and, and now you play Arkansas and, you, and you'll see what happened. And we'll be talking more with uh, Koki Riley in a little over an hour about that situation in, 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 in the baseball. The Cajun baseball team, i um, I just been real impressed with how they've – it really is incredible. Like, I know, even the people – you know, I'm not a – I'm pretty glass half full as things go, but – 
I don't know, was it three weeks ago, four weeks ago? You know, you learn that this pitcher's not coming back and that pitcher's not coming back. And, what you know, what are they going to do with the rotation? And then out of the blue, Carson Fluno becomes an option. I mean, think about the Cages have had the best pitching staff since we learned that Dylan Toit isn't coming back and McGeehee isn't coming back. Since we learned that, they've had the best pitching staff in the Central Conference. It's incredible. They've done the best of in, of any team in the league. Um, it, it it it's it, and the hitting seems to be where it needs to be. The defense, for the most part, has been there or better all year long. You know, some people are going to struggle with the way they run the bases here or there, but still they put pressure on you in that way. You know, the irony is, especially one game into it, but really more going into it, I think last year's performance in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament was more, was more surprising I mean, it, you know, what Jacob Schultz did, he, yeah, that was a heroic effort. I mean, you know, that was a great tournament performance last year. But that was more of a surprise. Like, if the Cajuns do it again, I really won't be that surprised as I was a year ago because, you know, they, they I don't know how they've done it. Well, we know how they've done it. They've done it with Carson Fluno. I mean, Jackson continued to pitch well, and Carson has become an option that none of us were really thinking a whole lot about. I mean, when he made that start against LSU in Baton Rouge, everyone was like, well, it was just like an opener kind of situation. Well, it turns out it wasn't an opener. I mean, it was for that night, but it was laying the groundwork for something much different than an opener situation. I got through eight innings in May. In Hattiesburg last Friday. Wow. And so, you know, is he going to be able to do that again? No, I I really don't have any expectations that he's going to throw eight innings against a really good coastal lineup tonight in Montgomery. But that doesn't mean he's not going to pitch effectively either. I don't really love the 119 pitches that Jackson threw last night, but... Certainly, it was effective, and you know Cooper. What it wasn't Cooper's best outing in that he walked more batters than he typically does, but he got two double play balls, which you know the old cliche about double play balls, and so that worked out. Um, Texas State, they just I I know they didn't have their whole team from. I mean, they were really good last year, like really, really good. I think World Series level good. And this year they just just not there. Just not there. And so I was a little worried about playing them for a fourth time, but you know, the Cajuns did did a great job. I um I will not be surprised at all if they went tonight. Now, if it becomes a bullpen game kind of like it was Saturday in Hattiesburg and the Cajuns bullpen just can't 
fight off Coastal's lineup and they lose a high-scoring game, will I be surprised? Of course not. But I like where they are offensively right now. If Fluno can continue to do what he's done, again, there there isn't a lot of room for error with this pitching staff right now. They've done a tremendous job of figuring out how to be the most effective pitching staff in the conference over the last three weeks as short-handed and as few options as they have, which is almost a miracle, really, uh, what they've done. But they've done it. And can they continue it for one more weekend? You know, we'll see. If Fluno can give them six innings, even, I mean, I don't know if he can go seven, but he goes as high as seven innings. I mean, he went eight less than a week ago. If he can do that and they can hit. Look, when Coastal came to Lafayette, they won two out of three, but I saw a very beatable team. Not saying they can't hit because they can. I didn't see a whole lot of pitching. They didn't look like an unbeatable team. So I, I think the Cajuns can beat them. I mean, they didn't look unbeatable in the first round yesterday. They won, but they didn't look unbeatable. And so I, I really like where the Cajuns are as long as they stay in the win. Like today is obviously huge. I mean, they Coach Degg said it again last night. I mean, they just – it was so critical for them not to go directly into the winner losers bracket because they just don't have the pitching depth to to do it. As long as they stay in the winners bracket, they might have enough pitching to do this. But I like as long as they're I like where they are offensively and all of that. I mean, they, they got a lot of things going in the right direction right now. And you got to give them credit for it. Look, this team has talent, no question, but I mean, we saw the all-conference team. Um, we know what the pitching limitations are. They've done a tremendous job to be in the position they're in. And if they're, it, it, it'd be hard to imagine them winning this tournament if they don't win tonight's game. The question is, what time will tonight's game start? I felt pretty fortunate that last night's game started at, I think it was 8-11 was the official starting time of the game. Um are they gonna get are we gonna get that fortunate again? I don't know. We'll see. We'll take a timeout. Again, the game hotline will be open for this next segment as well. 706-0111. We'll be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes on the game. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, I, um, It hit me yesterday, and I don't think I'm the only one around here, but if you are 
someone who is a fan of the Cajun softball team or a follower of the softball team? Are you just, you know, like competition and postseason competition and all? And you are an Astro fan also. Um, tomorrow night, it hit me. It's going to be an interesting tomorrow night. I, you know, I, I get old and older every day, fatter every day. And so late at night, I am you know, get a little tired sometime. But I'm going to have to eat some Wheaties tomorrow because the Astros and the Cajuns will both be playing. The Astros actually start about 840 at Oakland. Against the A's with um, probably, I guess, Shea Langoliers catching. And then his sister and the rest of the Cajun softball team, about nine, will be playing on ESPN at Washington. So as our old friend Big Dave used to say, I'll be doing some flicking for sure, flicking back and forth. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Footsie. Howdy, sir. Footsie, I want to... Temper your enthusiasm for LSU winning the uh, Southeastern Conference Tournament. Why? Well, I don't know about winning it, but don't you feel like they're going to be in the finals? No. Why? No, I don't. No, I, no, I don't. I, I mean, well, I, I mean, they could be. They, they they have the opportunity to be. However, uh, what was it last last? So I'm going to assume they pitch in Paul Skeens today. Okay, I'm just right. I'm just I'm ju- I'm just assuming that. So when Paul Skeens left the game last uh, last Friday last Thursday, I, I guess it was Thursday. So it was two to two in the seventh, and then then they went all the way to the twelfth, and they finally won it. Now. I will say that yesterday Thatcher Heard did pretty well. Ackenhausen did pretty well. But that leaves you schemes today and Ty Floyd tomorrow. That's it. After that, there is no there is no there is not another start. Well, I agree, but if they win if they win today and tomorrow, they're gonna be there. Yeah, no, if they win today and tomorrow, but you know, they, look, there's no guarantees with this with, with these boys with the, with the pitching they got left. I mean, how far are you going? How, how many how many pitches are you going to give schemes today? Because you know full well you're hosting. Yes. Next next week. Yes. So how many pitches are you going to throw schemes today? Oh, I don't. I doubt he's on any kind of pitch count. I mean, they don't, you don't want to go one nineteen, one twenty with him like the Cages did with Jackson last night, but. I mean, I mean, I don't think you're going to have like a pitch count on them uh, more than you know under a hundred. You believe that? Uh, I think a hundred's the, the cutoff. Yeah, that 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 I believe. Yeah, that I believe. You know, and look, University of Arkansas uh, win eleven. I University of Arkansas beat them whenever they whenever Skeens. Uh, in fact, they I know they did not think that that the pitcher that pitched for University of Arkansas that day got hurt, but. I mean, but they went eleven uh, yesterday, so that's got to help LSU a little, anyway. Yeah, no, no, that does. But I, I think LSU, if Thatcher Heard, if Thatcher Heard can continue this, LSU postseason hopes are a little bit better than 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 I have been thinking they were. Well, I don't. I wouldn't. Like I said, look, yesterday the result was great for LSU, but I wouldn't put a lot of stock on what happens. 
either way in terms of actually how you got that win in a, in a 9.30 in the morning baseball game. Just take the win, and, and I'll have to see him do it at a, at a other time before I start. If I was an LSU fan, I would start trusting Thatcher Hurd, saying, like, you know, I trust him. Well, no, I, no, I don't trust him. And another thing, you keep saying LSU knows how to win the SEC tournament. That was under Coach Maneri. This man, uh, no, that's, Jay that's Johnson, went one and two last year. That's fair. I mean, you know, it just doesn't carry over. I mean, so I don't know. I, I, I'm just saying that I'm going. I, I want to temper your enthusiasm. Okay. I, I want you to. Okay. Okay. I want you, you you to get fired up about you know the Astros and the Lady or the Cajun softball team. Uh, all know? right. Okay. But. All right, right. I'll talk to you later. Take care. Again, I just, I mean, no game is a lock. That's why we play the game. I get that. But you always like, when schemes pitches, you always like your chances. And then on day three of the tournament, I mean, Ty Floyd's had some good outings. If they win today and tomorrow, they might be out of pitching at that point, but then they just have to hit their way to the end. I'm just saying... I really like it. I didn't know that they would win yesterday. None of us did. I mean, you know, that yesterday looked like a crapshoot going in. When you pitch theoretically your number three pitcher on on day one, and there was and it was it was a, it turned out to be a very sound move. It's not questioning the move. It was just you didn't you don't really know how that's gonna gonna go down. But when they were able to win, and as it turned out, fairly easily win. Well, to me, now look, there were some tense moments. I mean, there was a, t- you know, they got a they got a little lead. They walked in two and then a 3-2 pitch and the announcer says 3-2 pitch is way high. Oh, he calls it a strike. That was kind of the turning point in the game. But, I mean, that's baseball too. I mean, that you know, that stuff happens sometimes. So if that goes the other direction, what happens? Who knows? But I just, I'm just saying – because you pitch your number three and it worked, the way LSU's pitching staff is situated, it seems like they got a really good chance. I think odds are they're going to make the finals. Now, can they win then? I don't know. But to, to Bitter's point, Arkansas has won a game before with Skeen starting, so we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, uh, I understand they got a new coach. And that's a fair point. But I still think the mentality of LSU winning is is I still think a lot of that carries over. I still think your program, a lot of it, um, the history matters to a certain extent. The expectation level of a program matters to a certain extent. So we'll see how that plays out. But no, tomorrow night's going to be a lot of fun. Um. If you are, especially again, like you're going to be, if you're watching the Cajun softball team against Washington, and or and and an Astro fan, we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. What I think would be cool, and I was trying to get it, I was trying, I was hoping it would happen last weekend, and never did. Where if you could get Shea and Alexa hitting at the exact same time, I just think that would be cool. Like if they were both batting at the exact same time, and of course I would want Alexa to get a hit and Shay to strike. 
but that's just me. I don't know if any of you have ever seen him play, Alexis' brother Shay. He has a cannon. I mean a cannon. By the way, speaking of Alexa, um, I was able to interview her earlier this week and did a feature story that was in, in it's online at theadvocate.com. It was in today's paper. And there were some very interesting things that came out of that interview as far as kind of behind-the-scenes stuff that happened in that game on Sunday, the final game on Sunday in Baton Rouge. And um, if you haven't had a chance to read it, you might want to do it just because it, she was um, pretty honest about a few things, and, and, and so was Coach Glasgow, and it was kind of interesting the way it worked out. It's always scary when you hear those things, and I try not to – when things go well for the team that – you're pulling for and they win, sometimes you don't really want to know the details. Sometimes it's almost best if you don't. It's interesting. And what I'm and again, it's what goes into it's you, you have to, you know, sometimes some people hate this player or this coach and they drill them and they want them fired or they think they're great and everything's there's so many things that go into winning and losing a game. And like Think of this example. In this in the in the seventh inning, when the Cajuns scored two runs Sunday, the first batter, Lauren Allred, got a single to left. Carly Heath came up, single to right. Two on and no out, down by a run. Well, Alexa swung at the first pitch. See, me, I'd have said, no way. I, I mean, that, you know, but, but she swung at the first pitch and fouled it off. Then he went to the bunt and she got it down. Well, what happens if she pops up the, 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 the first pitch? What happens if she hits into a double play? What happens if she pops up, you know, hits a line drive right at the shortstop and you still got runners at first and second and one out? That, in, that whole inning could change. So, I'm not a big fan of one swing for the team, then bunt. I'm just telling you. If the play is to bunt, in my mind, then bunt. But think, I mean, again, it that's why blaming or um, talking about how great a coach is or a player is or a team is for winning the game and the difference between winning and losing. And, you know, if you go replay a game, there's so many things that could change. And does it mean that the hitter is any better or worse? It's just, in this case, softball or baseball, very, very uh, a lot. It's just a, so many things can change in the course of a game. And so she, fortunately, as it turned out for the Cajuns and Alexa and Coach Glasgow, she fouled that pitch off rather than putting it in play unless it would have been a hit. But chances are when you swing, you're not getting a hit. No one hits over 500. So it's um, very interesting when you hear those behind-the-scenes kind of stories. But, no, she was a fascinating interview in a lot of ways. All right, we'll take a timeout and come back on the game. 
This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is Footnotes, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. You want to talk about the NBA playoffs or Major League Baseball or college baseball or college softball. Lots going on, by the way. Coastal, if you didn't hear. I just was talking about Coastal. Well, first of all, an update. James Madison is playing App State elimination game right now. It's nothing to nothing in the third inning. You know, App almost beat Troy. You know, it was the the team that we haven't talked much about that really has played well over the last month is Georgia State. Georgia State lost to App yesterday 5-4. to four. Again, I mean, lost to Coastal, I should say, not App. Coastal yesterday, 5-4. to four. Um, Coastal's pitcher went six innings, gave up three hits and one run, but uh, bullpen uh, middle reliever Horn gave up two runs, and Sharkey at the end gave up a run. Struck out four, but gave up a run in two innings. So um, the bullpen was fairly vulnerable yesterday for the Chanticleers, and they held on for a 5-4 to four win. Uh, now, um, you know, they weren't pitching like their ace, but still, I mean, uh, Georgia State's really played well down the stretch. They really have. So we'll see what happens with the Cajuns uh, today. Again, it's scheduled for 7.30. Last night's game started at 8-11, and that's pretty good. To start at 8-11 when you're the fourth game on a, on a four-game day, uh, I'm hoping there it's at least 8-11, but chances are it'll be a little later than that. We will see. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. That chance ain't happening tonight, buddy. That's going to be all them second and third pitches and all them styles that you would look if that game starts before 10 o'clock. Uh, look, I, I'm, I know what you're saying. I'm trying to think positive because, look, I was tired last night. I, I was like, man, I – it's going to be even later tomorrow night. It finished up pretty quick last night. Uh, and then tomorrow night's really going to be late. So uh, I got to get, I don't know, I got to get going here. I, I'm not one of these Red Bull drinkers or whatever that stuff's called, but I might have to drink some coffee. Normally I just drink coffee in the morning. might have to at night. We'll see. Man, I, I, I just can't imagine you wired out on, on caffeine or something like that. Kevin, that, <laughs> that can't be a good picture. <laughs> no. It's not know, good. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, I, I want to talk a little bit about the softball team. Now, look, what, what I'm, what I'm going to say is going to say it's going to sound crazy, but if the Cajuns would have, uh, Magnus would have won that game and the Cajuns would be playing at Lampson, they would not be as focused as they are going to be playing Washington on the road. Now, I'm not saying, you know, they wouldn't have beat Magnus, but the thing is, I believe this team, all of their best victories have been on a, 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 a hostile place. Neutral, they really did play good on the neutral side. But when they, their, their wins against better teams have been on the road where they're more focused. And, and I think that.
girls, when they went through all the roles, playing at Texas A&M, playing at Baylor, playing at all these games, Florida, LSU, all these places, they were, you know, they're, they, they were more focused and they were more as a unit, as, as a team. You know, like we are sisters and we're going to stick together. They're going to be more attentive at that, uh, up there in uh, Washington than they would have been at Lampson. Well, I don't know. that that I, I, I'm trying to process what you're saying as you're saying it. You know, you could argue their two best wins this year are at LSU, uh, at LSU and at Florida. So I, I, I'm, as you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, you could argue that their best victories of the season were not at neutral sites or at home. They were road games. And so, the, you know, there's something to that. I, um, you know, had McNeese not blown the 6 nothing lead, we'd be talking all week long about, I know you played your 3-0 and against McNeese, and I know none of the games were all that competitive, but it's different and all that. We'd be saying all that all week. Uh, but, no, they might now. Their chances of being overconfident, to your point, would be there for sure. That was going to be the whole thing about this week, had that not happened, was avoiding overconfidence. Right. Well, you know, I, I just think they played – look, the, the way they played they – they didn't show it to Friday, but the way they played – uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean Saturday, but when they play, they play Sunday, they play with a chip on the shoulder, and they were more aggressive. I think that they are, hopefully they're going to carry that chip to uh, to Washington and uh, uh, you know continue to be successful. Well, so so much. Okay, they hadn't faced when they faced Burzon on the Saturday in, in, in their second game of the regional. They had it had been to to coach. Uh, Glasgow's, from his view, it had been going all the way back to the Southern Miss series since they faced a, a, an above-average pitcher with a drop ball. So they were having to make an adjustment on something they hadn't seen a whole lot. Now, this pitcher that they're facing from Washington, th- it, uh, she's not at, you know, she throws harder, but she's a down pitcher. She throws down, and, and it, it's... And uh, she's tall, not not. She's actually taller than Burzon was, and so there are some similarities between her and Burzon. But now they're going to be more used to it. So when they faced her on 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 Sunday, they were they had just seen it for seven innings and they adjusted better. So well, they should be more adjusted to more of a down pitcher instead of a, a rise ball pitcher. So we'll see the result is. Well, what's what, what is, it's going to go three games. I'm pretty much sure we all know that's going to happen. And it's going to be about this, uh, this learning all the pitchers, you know, the Washington hitters learning our pitchers and our hitters learning their pitchers. What our advantage is, we, if, we, if we rotate as much pitchers as we can, they will not get as used to our pitchers, seeing them more and more often. Where we are, I'm pretty sure I think they only got two that they're going to throw at us. You know, after a while, our, pit, our hitters will get used to them, and and everybody's going to adjust. Where I think we're going to have better time to adjust where they won't, and I think that's going to be an advantage too, because of our. Well, I think it could. I know. I think it definitely could. I, I think it sounds like there's a pretty big difference between their one and the two pitcher. Now, it's great to have a clear cut ace. The Cajuns, in my mind, don't have a clear cut ace, but there's not a ginormous difference between any of the Cajun pitchers. Uh, now, one thing that we that that is going to need to happen. Megan has not pitched well in our last few outings. I don't I don't know why that is, or you know, you know, I I've, I've all for most of the last two years I've considered her to be their best pitcher. 
but she did not pitch particularly well in the conference tournament, and she didn't pitch particularly well in the regional. I think they're going to need her to pitch a good Megan Shorman game for her for them to win this region. Well, Kevin, I think what's going to happen, you know, uh, you know, it's just like shuffling cars. I think, you know, there was a rotation where Jerry, I think, had a process, or or, or Justin, where which pitcher was, you know, doing the best and one we're going to throw first. I think uh, uh, the the freshman might uh, step ahead of uh, Megan, and Megan will be after her. I don't know. I'm just thinking maybe that's how it's going to be. But Kevin, going to baseball, you know, this kid, this team might not win the tournament. Actually, I don't think they will. To be honest. But one thing I can tell you about this team and that all begs this team, they're going to go down swinging. They're not going to go down by decision. They're not going to go to, uh, leave it to the judges' scorecard. They're going to go down swinging. You're going to have to knock them out. And like I said, it might happen. But it's, you know, all these teams, they reflect their coach, what their coach's personality is. And we know what begs, you know, his, his, you know, his history and everything like that. And he always, he, you know, he's always gone down fighting. And I think that's what's going to happen with this team. They might lose, but they're going to go down swinging. I think that's fair. I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you very right. much. Okay. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back. Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Again, the game hotline 706-0111-706-0111. Both games taking place right now are still early. No one has scored yet. James Madison and App State, bottom of the third. It's still nothing, nothing. And same thing with South Carolina, Texas A&M, but they're only in the bottom of the first. They they start at 930. the uh, Sunbelt game started at 9. And so hopefully, ah, as I speak, Drumheller, who seemed like he's been around for quite a while, just got an RBI double. So App is leading James Madison one nothing. You know, when App came to T, well, to Lafayette, Timor Field, Russo Park, whichever you would prefer to call it, it is, um, they were impressive. Now, that was early on the Cajuns, we're having some issues still at that time, but they were impressive, and they were impressive yesterday. I mean, they lost, but they lost, what, 10-9. to 9. It's a little too high scoring for my taste for the first-round game of a tournament. That's That should be more like of a day three of the tournament score. But still, they um, that was a situation where they had just played them, too, this weekend. So that adds a whole different dynamic to a matchup. But I've stayed. It's not a team I'd really feel that comfortable playing. Um, they do a lot of things well. They're pretty good defensively too. Whereas Texas State is, isn't as good defensively. So I, um, I that's uh, two to nothing now. Cross got a hit. I don't know. I I I think their lineup is good. App 
And I, I mean, you know, they have pitching issues like everyone has pitching issues. Let, let's, let's, it's not too many teams that don't have pitching issues. We established that, you know, three weeks or so ago. Um, and so I, I kind of think that App is going to win that game. And I think they're one of the teams that they're just going to try to hit their way through this tournament. And sometimes we've all seen teams that have done it. I mean, you know. It's hard to say, well, I got to win 12 to 10, but, you know, they they lost their first attempt at that by losing 10 to 9 yesterday. But they, they're a team that I wouldn't totally put the kibosh on on making a run with their bats through the loser's bracket. So we'll see how, how that plays out. Um we were talking with FedEx man at the, at the end before this last timeout. And it's, it's an, it's, it's an interesting scenario because it's, it's pretty unprecedented. We talked a fair amount about this towards the beginning of the softball season, but for most of us who have been following Cajun softball, either really closely or fairly closely over the last 30 years. It hasn't just not a lot of this. I mean, normally when you're going into a super regional or you're going into a regional, you, you, you're figuring, well, we're going to ride this pitcher and it's about how much rest can you give her and who's going to pitch when she's not in there. Well, it's a totally different scenario. For the Cajuns. I mean, they literally have five pitchers that they're willing to throw out there in a competitive game against a good team. Now, not every pitcher, some of them are very different. And so not every pitcher matches up with each particular lineup. Like, you know, so you you, got to mix and match. But... It, it just kind of goes to the theme for this whole season where the coaching staff, and obviously the buck stops with the head coach. He gets the criticism and probably not enough for the credit. That's just kind of the way it is when you're the head coach. But this is a team that I wrote a column earlier this week about that. And basically, this team is square peg, round hole. Doesn't mean it can't work, but it's not going to be smooth. There's just nothing smooth about it. We've talked about it, and I've asked the question over and over again. I think some people have misinterpreted my question asking during the season. We keep talking about a set lineup. I keep asking, are you closer to a set lineup? Are you closer to set lineup? And I do that because I think it's a fair question. But also, I think there's a lot of people who follow Cajun softball who want that. But I think the point is, this isn't a team. I think if, I think if the most, I, I think if a lot of the fans got their way and he had established a set lineup, this team wouldn't still be playing. This is a team that just requires a lot of decisions. And the pitching staff fits right into it. It's like there's nothing clear-cut about 
too much of this. I mean, I think it was FedEx man that called last week about Sam Landry. My response was not anti-Sam Landry. But there is no one on this staff that's capable of what I call Jordan Wallace in a regional. Just going out there and throwing three shutouts and winning. And you're just riding this arm. It's just not the way. There is no one that's going to do this. But they don't have to because they have five pitchers that are capable of getting it done. Now, on paper, and we'll talk more about this tomorrow. By the way, Coach Glasgow, we didn't have a show yesterday when he's normally on. He's going to, we're going to have him on tomorrow at about 1035. He'll know a whole lot more about Washington than when we talk to him at Monday's presser. And so we'll get into a few more details. But it sounds like Washington's offense their lineup is somewhat similar to LSU in that it's pretty top heavy, but maybe even more top heavy. Like they LSU's lineup lengthened as the season went on, obviously, because when the Cajuns played them earlier, their lineup was really top heavy. But their lineup was a lot. I thought the middle of their lineup, five, six, seven hitters were a lot, looked a lot better when the Cajuns played them in the regional than when they played them that home and home earlier this year. So, I, you know, I, I feel like Washington, it sounds like Washington's offense is good, but not even quite as good as LSU. So we'll see how the matchup takes place. That's it for hour number one, another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. Plan on speaking to Koki Riley in about 12 minutes or so about LSU and SC tournament, obviously. Last check, no score between South Carolina and Texas A&M, but a lot has happened since we last, since we last spoke. Uh, in Montgomery, the app, as we mentioned, app scored two runs in the bottom of the third the Dukes of James Madison have responded with a three spot. Nobody on base in two outs, but uh, in the top of the fourth. So it's now in the top of the fourth. James Madison three, App State two. And we figure that's going to be a high scoring game. Again, App played a 10 to 9 game that they fell short of last yesterday. So we'll. Kind of keep you up to date on on the scores that are going on as we go through the hour. Obviously, these are losers bracket games, so it's elimination games, and uh, the loser their season ends well on the Sun Belt side. Um, you know, depending on who wins and loses, and some of the, in most of these SEC games, a lot of the teams that loses are still gonna their season's not over. They're st- they're just they're they're weak in they're weak in Alabama's over, but not necessarily their season. So um, we'll continue to, to follow up on that. Again, the game hotline is 706 
Um, we've talked, you know, obviously softball and baseball. It's, I don't know that I've, I should have been thinking about this, but I get so this time of the year, especially, uh, first of all, it's a, it's a fight between what I call senioritis and juggling that emotion with some of the more important games of the season that are are, are situations that's going on like it hadn't really hit me that it's pretty possible not likely perhaps some might argue where next week we could have the Cajun baseball team in a regional and the softball team in the in the college World, world series I mean like that that is realistic I mean I think it could happen I think Somebody's going to have to step up, but it's happened before. Are the teams going to have to hit? You know, pitch as long as you can pitch and hit when you have to hit. Again, it's kind of been the theme for the last three or four weeks. And it's the same thing with LSU. Not There are a couple teams that have bet good pitching. But the Cajuns and LSU are not the only team in the country with pitching questions. South Carolina's got some pitching questions. Their pitching looked terrible yesterday. Now, they're playing a great hidden team, but still, they didn't pitch well. A lot of teams have pitching issues. A lot of teams. So it's not just the teams that we focus on um, the most. And so we'll, we'll continue to monitor all of that as we move forward. I... Um, Carson Fluno will pitch tonight unless something very, very unusual happens. And he didn't have um, – I mean, his last start was great. His start – it's kind of been a building process with him. Like his first start was okay. His second start was a little better, got a little more innings. And then he kind of built up to last week's fantastic start. So it's kind of like when they play tonight, It's gonna they're playing arguably and very possibly the best lineup in the Sunbelt Conference. So at that point, if he continues his success, then you might really have something, especially – if you can find your way into a region this weekend in Montgomery. Because, um, again, Southern Miss's lineup is no slouch. It's in the top three, I would say, in the conference. And he dominated. So, And they're going to be playing at night, hopefully not too late at night. FedEx man was talking 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock? I sure hope it's not 10 o'clock, but I'm worried it's going to not be – it's not going to be eight eleven. I don't believe that. No. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Yes, sir. How you doing today, buddy? Oh, I'm trying. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I was listening at a little bit what you were saying about uh, – earlier about the, the, the young lady uh, swinging and then bunning. Uh-huh. And I said – I've always said – for me, and in my, as you always say, your little my coaching mind, my little coaching mind, my pitchers, my batters are always swinging at the first pitch. Unless it's 
obviously a bad pitch because all pitchers want to get ahead of the count. Their best pitch, pitch most of the time is their first pitch. So I'm thinking you tell her if it's something you think you want, swing at it. If not, we'll bust. I recognize his voice now, but but let me ask you, don't you think, though, like in the first inning or second inning, I'm fine with that. But, man, if the if the right play is the bunt, are you really willing to take a chance in that situation in the last inning? I think I am based on who the batter is. is. If it's – and you like you say, some, some of them are really good at getting bunts down, but a whole lot – I would say eight out of ten, eight, and that's a lot, Kevin, do not get bunched down good. (laughs) No, you're right. No, you're absolutely correct. And, again, I didn't even go far enough into that story. That was the first time that Coach Glasgow had given Alexa the sacrifice bunt sign all year long. She said that was the first time she saw it all season, and she got the bunt down. That's what I'm saying. So it's like cause so so many of them pop up the bunt. Yeah, well, now that happens a lot. Yes. You know, so if it's somebody that I think can hit the ball deep enough or whatever, I'm telling her if it's a pitch you want, swing at it. If not, I mean, let's go with the bunt. But it's just that. Uh, and another thing I wanted to say. Just like I wanted to call last week, but I'd be so busy. They, I just like I felt like they could go in the LSU and win. They could go into Washington and win. Danielle Laurie not showing up in Washington's <laughs> bullpen. No. So they just have average pitchers, and that's the same thing I feel about LSU's pitchers. Same thing I feel about UL's pitchers. They are good pitchers. None of them have. None of them are great pitchers. I, so I, I agree with I that. Think they can, Easily go to Washington and win. And to me, you know, like last week you were talking, the best, and one of your callers called it, the best place for them to go was to go to LSU. One, you've already beat them this year. This year. Not, you don't have to go on history. You beat them this year. And it's the only place you could go. And you could, even, even if LSU fans would have shown up, it'll still be almost like a home game for you. It was the only place that you could go, and your fans were going to feel the burn if they didn't get the seats in the stands. You know? No, that, so that, that that's, that's fair. No, look, this, it's, this is why doesn't mean they're going to beat Washington. They could they could have lost to LSU. We know that. But again, yeah. it's it 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 it's it's winnable without having to play great. That that that's the point. Like if they play great, they can beat just about everybody maybe besides Oklahoma. But you yeah. I didn't think the Cajuns played great in the Baton Rouge Regional. They played well, but they didn't play yeah. great. They, they I did. mean, that, and that was the thing about And they still like won. The could win because LSU. I haven't seen a game this year. Well, well, and, and you know me. You know, I think you know who I am. Yes, sir. I follow both teams. Yeah, I haven't watched LSU play a game. Watching, boy, that was a great game. You know, they've won, and I think the reason that they ended up not hosting and LSU did was basically the wins against top teams. 
And and basically, the only reason that that happened is something that teed you off is LSU had more wins against top teams, but they they in the conference. So yeah, as, as you would say. It should count. That's a well. It should count, just not as much as they. It's a self fulfilling prophecy. But anyway, that's a whole different issue. But yeah, that drives yeah. me crazy. But I, but I really think they can go to to Washington and win. I I, I think it's I, very I realistic. Yes, sir. It's great hearing from yeah. you again. Same here. I haven't. Like I can say I haven't talked. I tell my boy. I say I haven't talked to Kevin in a while. But yeah, I, it's time. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Talk Appreciate it. Look, I get his point. I I just. It's just scary to me because I think I try not to look when you win. That's I don't know how you are, how y'all are, but I do this too much probably. When I win, I try not to think about what might have been, and then when I lose, I obsess over what might have been. <laughs> it's kind of a look. I got this bird. Like let's not psychoanalyze this bird. Let's just take my win and not focus on it too much. But when I heard what actually went down, I was like, man, you, you just you, – I mean, is it possible that when she swung at that pitch, she could have popped it up? Of course it's possible. She could have hit a fly ball to center field. But I think – I also think the, the part of the lesson there that Alexa talked about and again, there's so many of these things that we don't know as fans and media members. That's why, and look, I'm one that on certain issues have very strong opinions. Doesn't mean I'm 100% right all the time. It doesn't mean that at all. But that's why I try to warn myself and y'all, like there's some, there's some things that we just don't know. Like Alexa commented to me in the interview that going into this season, she had no in her mind, no ability to bunt a drop pitch. Prior to this year, and prior to even mid-season, she was talking of this year, she could only, in her mind, confidence-wise, bunt a rise pitch. Now, I've had people tell me, you can't bunt a rise ball, but obviously she feels like she could. And so she put a lot, of, in her opinion, in her from her mind, she put a lot of effort over the last two months, she said, of learning how to bunt a drop ball because she had no confidence that she could do it. Just in case she was put in the exact same situation that she was in Sunday afternoon in Baton Rouge. Obviously, it's very possible that she wouldn't have ever had that situation arise. But she was it arose and she was prepared for it, which to me is impressive because that's not a given. There are tons of hitters, I would think, who are capable of bunting, who don't work on it enough. And I want to give them credit. And Coach Glasgow even said when I questioned him about that after that interview, he 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 said they've been working more on bunting because he knows it, even though they don't bunt a lot. This time of the year, you got to be able to do that. You got to have all your weapons at your disposal. By the way, App State has scored two answer with two runs in the bottom of the fourth. So we expect that to be a very high scoring game. App four, James Madison three going to the top of the fifth right now. So, no, a fascinating debate bunt or not bunt. 
Bunning is not nearly part of the game of softball and certainly not baseball that it used to be, but I want to credit the Cajuns for getting that bunt down, and it just played out perfectly. It really it, it, it really did. We'll take a timeout. We'll talk with Cokie Riley next. Stay tuned. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The little MVPs. The little MVPs. Now, a Major League Baseball team that struggles to win games despite having multiple MVP winners on its roster. Also known as the Los Angeles Angels. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote. And footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. We have with us Mr. Koki Riley. How are you, sir? Doing really well, Kevin. Thanks for having me on again. Now, Tell me, I, I hear it's a little cooler than you were expecting in in in, in Alabama, or is that not the case? Um, I I think like the well, the constant rain. I don't say the constant rain, but um, some of the overcast and whatnot. It's not making it that hot. I'd say. I think it's like, I think it's pretty comfortable overall. Um, uh, it's just in terms of the weather and stuff like that. Yeah, like it's. It's been uh, it's been pretty decent here. I mean, we've only had one rain delay really, and um, in those cooler, those slightly cooler conditions because of the rain have sort of brought the, brought down the temperatures a little bit. So it, it's not been that bad, not at all. Before we get uh, specifically on yesterday's LSU South Carolina game, you know there were some blowouts early on, but the last couple games have been really good, and I would think that extra innings is the one thing that you don't want in a conference tournament right now. And it happened to Arkansas. So how much could an advantage could that be for LSU? Um, Yeah, I I do think it is an advantage because now I I think it essentially wipes out Will McIntyre for at least the next two days, if not the rest of the tournament. Um, He was the third pitcher for Arkansas yesterday and, um, he's one, I mean, he's a pretty valuable piece for them. So uh, I'd say that, you know, not having him, not having Cody Adcock, not having um, uh, Zach Morris, like not having those three guys who all uh, pitched quite a bit. Um, I think they all threw over 40 pitches yesterday in that 11 inning win. Um, I, I, I think you can count on all those guys not being available against LSU. So after Hagan Smith, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Arkansas has in their bag or what they're willing to throw. Uh, after they used three uh, pretty solid guys. Uh, and Adcock didn't pitch very well, but uh, Morris certainly did. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they sort of shuffle, shuffle their uh, bullpen after Hagan Smith as he indeed starts in this game. So is A&M or am I, is there another school out there? Like, do you have a clear idea and you're a pretty clear idea in your mind right now how many teams are going to regionals or, or who would be in a gray area? Um, I think in terms of teams going to the tournament, I'd say there's, I, I think the top 10 seeds in the SEC tournament this year are all going to go. Like I think Texas A&M getting out of the first round, um, 
I think that was enough to pretty much clinch their spot into the tournament. So, so any all the, the one through ten seeds, and then the top four seeds, I think we're all going to have um, top eight seeds in the in the NCAA tournament. So that means they'll have um, home field advantage through throughout not just the regionals but the super regionals as well. And I'd also expect Alabama, um, Auburn, uh, maybe Kentucky, and probably South Carolina to all host regionals as well. And I think Tennessee is an outside shot, but I kind of doubt that they'll grab one just because they lost in the first round of the SEC tournament. And I think if they had won, then I think you're looking at them as a maybe as potentially a probable host. Um, so, yeah, I think we're looking at seven or eight SEC teams that are going to host and more like six or seven, but maybe eight SEC teams that will host their own regionals, and then four that will host throughout the Supers as well, and then 10 teams that will make it overall, something like that. All right, so obviously none of us had any idea what was going to happen. LSU didn't throw their number one or their number two, and and we've all, you know, it's well chronicled all the tr- struggles that Hurd has had and the up and downs that he's had. But the fact that he pitched well and Akinhausen pitched well, how, how confident now are you that uh, that LSU – Obviously, it's baseball. Anything can happen. Is going to at least make the finals, or is that a bit of a stretch in your mind? Um, I think if they win today, they have a really good path to the final uh, because then they can throw Ty Floyd on regular rest, um, heck, on extra rest on Saturday. And then Sunday is going to be kind of a free-for-all for everybody. So, you, you yes, you are probably at a pitching disadvantage with someone like David Cohen probably starting that game. But at, at the same time, like at, whoever you're playing against isn't probably going to have the race available either. So um, it's going to be a bit of a free-for-all that Sunday if you get there. And then, But if they win today and they throw Paul Skeens, which I, which I would do if I were them, um, think about it. It's, it's Thursday, right? He pitched last Thursday. It's seven days. Uh, that's a week of rest in between starts. Um, I just think it makes sense to throw him. I, I think it's I think it's crucially important to not if you want to win this tournament. I think it's really important not to play tomorrow and get that extra day of rest. Um, so I, I I mean I personally would throw him today, and then I would go with Ty on Saturday, and then use that Friday as a really key day off for the rest of your rotation, the bullpen. So um, yeah, I, I think it's really important to get the win today so you can get tomorrow off and, and set up your uh, staff for the rest of the weekend. Part of what we do as media members and fans is try to read in between the lines when a coach and a player, but really when a coach is talking. So do you sense that Jay is – that winning the SEC tournament is as important as it always been? You know, I heard his his answer to that question, and I thought his answer was he gave the perfect answer. But that doesn't mean that's really what he feels like. How how close to all in are they for, to to win this, or, or really it's not even close compared to what it was in the past? Do you think? Um, I think he's willing to. I, I so I, I think they're going to adjust the strategy of how they roll out their guys based on the fact that they're in a tournament format but they're not going to push any of their guys more than they would in a regular season scenario. Like I know Thatcher Hurd threw a hundred pitches and that was a season high yesterday, but I don't think 
but like he's not going to pitch for the rest of the, obviously for the rest of this tournament and, and um, probably won't be, won't be available and won't be available until the regional. Right. And the only reason why he threw that many pitches was because they need to save up their guys for the rest of the tournament. So, uh, but like, I like with Paul Skeens, like today, if he pitches, for example, like I don't see him throwing more than 110 pitches. Like I would be pretty surprised if they really pushed him. But if it, if they were in a regional scenario or a super regional scenario where they where they would really need Paul Skeens to, to go, then I could see them pushing his pitch count up to 120, 125 pitches, for example, right? Like when you're really pushing guys and you're really being aggressive with the way you're using your arms and trying to eke out every single last bit of each guy, and um, you're doing that a little bit in the SEC tournament, but I don't think they're gonna, but I don't think they're gonna do it to the extent that they could in the regional, say. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to try to win these games, but it's not going to be end of the world if they don't. Right. So I, it's, it, you know, you want to set up your staff the bet for, to succeed the best next week and next weekend and the weekend after, if you get there. Um, so that's, that's why you really don't want to, um, go too full too like go two full tilts into this week, but right. um, if the opportunity's there, like it is today with Paul, um, and you can win this game against a good Arkansas team with your best pitcher on the mound on a regular day's rest, uh, you'd do it. Um, if this game was on a third, if this game was tomorrow and it was a chance to move on, for example, like theoretically, if this game was on a Wednesday, they wouldn't pitch Paul Skeens even with the opportunity. They, they shouldn't pitch Paul Skeens even with the opportunity to get that day off because. There's no point in pitching your ace on on uh, one day's less rest, and it just doesn't make much sense moving for you moving forward. But now that the opportunity is there, you take it. You know what I mean? So it's right. kind of like a balancing right. act, um, even though it's kind of hard to explain. But it's, no, no, it all I makes sense. Uh, all right, LSU. Act. The LSU Arkansas series was a good one, as I remember. But it was a long time ago. Like, wh- 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 how do you see this matchup? Today different than the series going in maybe the series when they played when was that two months ago whenever that was. Well, Arkansas had a, a decent amount of injuries and they've had a few more injuries since then. Um, but at, at the at the same time, they've also gotten some guys back from injury. Uh, so I, I think in terms of the injury front, they're like Peyton Stillball was the guy who was available for the LSU series, for example, but is now out for the season. Um, they've gotten a pitcher or two back since then too. So I think it's, they're more or less the same team that LSU saw them as. I mean, if this series was played, like if, if this game was played like a month ago, um, then, you know, Arkansas would, would probably be really shorthanded, but that's not quite the case right now, which is something you want to see, right? You want to see both teams as healthy as possible facing off against each other in a big time matchup like this. Right. Um, and I mean, and also, like, Hagan Smith, like, last time pitching against LSU, pitched really well. So uh, we know that he's he's definitely a formidable opponent for this for this great LSU lineup. And, and we know what Paul Skeens can do against Arkansas, as we saw. So um, it's going to be a really interesting matchup. And I remember the last time Paul Skeens pitched against Arkansas, LSU actually lost in that game. I'm pretty sure the only game they've lost this year with Paul Skeens on the mound. So um, but it's a little bit of a revenge game. It's a really intriguing matchup between arguably – Two of the two of the five, maybe the two of the best pitchers in the SEC. So I'm really looking forward to this game. 
Well, it, it, you know, and then obviously the Florida Vanderbilt game is interesting. By the way, I just got a score update. A&M has scored. And so if there's any doubt, obviously this a win over South Carolina would end, and it's still very early. It, it's the uh, top of the fourth inning, but they, but they are up one to nothing. So um, as far as look, looking ahead, is there a better matchup? for LSU if they keep winning to, to me or not really? Is there can you is, is there a team that if you're pulling for LSU, you say, well, I'd rather play this team down the road than this team, or or really they match up pretty well with everyone because they kind of are who they are. I mean they're we you know their strengths and you know their weaknesses. Um I want to see a Vanderbilt matchup just because they're not quite as explosive offensively. Maybe LSU can sort of tamper down their bats a little bit, even though I do think their offense has been a little better than I thought it would be heading into the year, as for Vanderbilt, that is. Um, and then can LSU's bats still do what they do against that really good pitching staff? There's a lot of matchups I'm just intrigued to see because I'm not quite sure what would happen exactly. Or a team like Florida where you know they're two kind of similar teams. Florida's got those big bats, those big names in that order, and – um, they have some pitching problems, but they still have some very good pitchers, uh, kind of similar to LSU. Florida, to me, is a pretty similar team. Uh, maybe a little bit better on the pitching side and a little bit worse on the hitting side. Um, so, yeah, like I, 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 with those two teams, I'm not quite sure how they would match up. Um, Arkansas, I think, is a pretty good matchup for LSU, just given some of the injuries that Arkansas has and and um, and the fact that I don't think their offense scares LSU, should, should scare LSU to the point where uh, they're they would likely lose. I mean, like the they, when they played that doubleheader, because remember there was like a rainout, so they had to play a doubleheader. I think it was like on the Saturday, that like the next day, um, and because the game one was on a Friday, and then they had like a rainout. It was going to rain the next day, so they played a doubleheader, and then LSU just sort of blew them out of the water in those two games. Right. Um, so because they didn't have those two lefties, right, and Hagen Smith was one of the lefties that Arkansas had. So I, I, I think LSU can get to Arkansas's arms, um, especially without some of the arm, especially without the arms they threw yesterday. And then with Hagan Smith, presumably out of the game by that point, um, it'll be interesting to see how, how much they push Hagan Smith in this game in general. Uh, I was talking to some Arkansas beat reporters yesterday and they thought he'd probably go 60 ish fishes and maybe no more, but they, they weren't quite sure how much Dave Horn was going to use them. So, um, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm again. This is just a fascinating matchup. I think LSU is the upper hand, especially with schemes on the mound. But I wouldn't be shocked if they lost, you know. Um, and I, I, but I, I think if you're an LSU fan, you should probably be more. You, this is going to sound weird, but you should probably be more confident heading in this game than you were heading in yesterday uh, because oh, you know, all teams on the mound and right. not that heard. Uh, even though South Carolina is a really good offense and a really good team on their uh, on their own, so. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's just really, it's just going to be a really, really interesting. No, it, it absolutely is. Well, we appreciate you coming on on a little different day, and we didn't have a show yesterday, and because uh, LSU was playing, so it worked out perfectly. Mm-hmm. We appreciate your time very much. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kevin. 
This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is Footnotes. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 706-0111, Well, the first game of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament today started about 9. They're in the top of the 6. I guess that's not too bad, but it's 5-3 to um, three app. And James Madison has two runners on and one out in the top of the 6. So... App has scored in three straight innings, uh, crooked number, crooked number, and then scored one in the last inning. So they're up five to three. App has out has out hit the Dukes eleven to four, but have left six runners on base. So obviously, as we should, we've been talking a lot of baseball, a lot of softball. Something else that's going on this week, however, that I don't want to spend too much time on, but. I did get a chance since we last spoke on Tuesday of seeing the very long but enjoyable press conference of Derek Carr after his first day of OTAs with the Saints as the new quarterback. And um, it's just, you know, I just – it means nothing. I mean, obviously – you know, some people have press conferences. When he signed, he had a press conference. So it's not like it's his first press conferences, the new Saints quarterback. But this was the first one after actually doing something. It's a first step. It doesn't mean anything, but it's something. And so you, you don't want to get too excited. But, man, it just seems like he's going to be the perfect fit that I thought he would be all along. Like, in terms of, of a leader and how he gets along with people and how he fits into the organization and into the offense, and it is um, it, it, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see how all of this plays out. When you hear him talk about Foster and Moro and how much he likes him and what he means to the team and all that. I mean, it's just, you got to keep telling yourself, look, none of this means anything. (laughs) Look, none of this means anything. And it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. But in terms of chemistry and character and um, continuing the, the culture, again, I hate that word, but it's real, that you have on an organization and that the Saints have here. I think all of that is, you know, there at some point it does mean something like, but again, it has nothing to, it's all about health. I mean, we've learned, well, I've learned that. I don't think everyone's learned it, but I've certainly learned that in recent years, even more than you already knew it. It's all about health. The other thing is Jamal Williams is wearing number 30. At least that's what I saw. I don't. I guess that's his number. That's what he was wearing. Um, 
And that just one of my saint favorite saints of all time. Again, I'm not, you know me, I'm not a player guy. I'm a team guy. But one of my favorite saints ever is Wayne Wilson, who wore number 30. I mean, Wayne Wilson was just a football player. He was Pierre Thomas on a bad team. For those of you who, and, you know, he's bigger than Pierre, but for those of you who, Aren't, aren't, aren't as old as I am. It wasn't around in the early 80s. Um, Wayne Wilson was was kind of like Pierre Thomas. And, you know, he could run if you need him to. He could catch it. He was just a football player. And the difference is what, Pierre came from not an elite pick, Big Ten program, but came from a Big Ten program. Wayne Wilson, as I remember, was from like Shepherd College, some school that none of us had ever heard of before. Um, and so it was, um, I I don't know. It was cool for me to see that number 30 and man, if Jamal Williams is going to be half the player that Saints fans hope that he's going to be, I mean, is he going to rush for 17 touchdowns again? No, I don't think that's going to happen, but can he be an effective downhill runner? I think that's very realistic. And he's going to have to catch the ball. Now, again, Wayne Wilson could. I mean, if you asked me, you know, I'm sure you've seen done this exercise before. What former player in Saints history would you most think could help this team this year? Wayne Wilson would not, maybe not be my answer, but he'd be on the short list. He'd be in the little bullpen. He'd probably be one of the five. Like that, to me, that's what the Saints need is Wayne Wilson right now. Now, obviously, I don't even, I think Wayne Wilson's still alive. I'd have to look it up. But I'm talking about Wayne Wilson in his playing days in the early 80s. They, that's what they, they need, a guy who can run it when you need him to run it and can catch him when you, in other words, a poor man's Z28. Assuming Z28 even plays this season. But but no, so seeing, hearing Derek Carr, yeah, it look, it's baseball season. I'm, I'm trying to get the Astros to score a run against the mighty A's pitching staff. Like, when you play a historically bad pitching staff like they did last weekend, and you scored two runs and three runs, that's not scoring. I mean, technically it is, but it's really not. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to get the Astros to hit the mighty A's pitching staff. Okay, so I understand where we are. I'm just saying, if you get a chance, if you're a Saints fan and you didn't see his press conference, I would love to go look it up, listen to it, and like tomorrow or next week when we get rid of all the baseball and softball and we're kind of moving on, then we can can discuss it. I mean, it's just I kept telling myself it doesn't mean anything. (laughs) It doesn't mean anything. But I, I think it's going to be a good thing. And then you see Shahid is wearing number 22. This cat thinks he's Bob Hayes. This cat's wearing number 22. Kind of looks good on him. So I understand which, it's baseball, softball time, and I'm all in on it. And yet seeing that just, uh, it's probably not healthy for, for a glass half full guy like me to see all that stuff and to hear that stuff. But 
I did, so I wanted to comment on it. We'll take a timeout. Be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Do you ever wonder what kind of coach foot would have been? When they hit it to you and you're in the major leagues, you catch the ball. That's the way that works. Yeah, he may be better suited for talking sports than coaching them. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Well, when we spoke to Coakley a little earlier in this hour, he seemed pretty convinced that A&M with 33 wins is already in because of their win over Tennessee in the first round. And he may be absolutely correct. But if there was any doubt, A&M might have taken a huge step to uh, eliminating that doubt. Uh, by scoring three runs in the bottom of the fourth. Now, it's still early. Obviously, we've seen during the course of the season how explosive South Carolina's offense can be. But in the top of the fifth, the Aggies are leading the Gamecocks four to nothing. So that's the update from Hoover. Four to nothing, Texas A&M over South Carolina. And... In Montgomery, uh, getting uh, I think it, I don't think anything has changed since before the timeout. App State leads five to three over James Madison. The score is closer than the actual game. App is out hitting James Madison twelve to four, but it is uh, only five to three on the scoreboard. Although. The Mountaineers have runners on first and second and one out in the bottom of the six. So I want to keep you up to date as much as we can. We only got a few minutes left as we um, finish out today's show, but wanted to keep you updated on those two conference baseball tournaments. And, um, again, I think for, for, for as many hits, there's already been 16 hits in this game. So for as many hits as they've been, being in the bottom of the sixth, you know, almost two hours in, I guess it could be worse. Uh, we'll see how hopefully they can get – hopefully they don't go extra innings. You know, this, the SEC tournament had two extra inning games that went 11 innings. The Yesterday, the Sun Belt only had one one that went 10. So I want to I wanna destroy – I want to go way ahead of FedEx man's prediction of a 10 o'clock start tonight. The man was predicting a 10 o'clock start. That'll make the 9 o'clock start for Cajun softball tomorrow. That'll dwarf it. Hopefully FedEx man is not Nostrashaws, Nostrashaws or Damas uh, about that. It's not going to start at 10 o'clock tonight, is it? Nostradamus, is that yeah. what you were referencing there? Yeah. Are you talking about the Cajun baseball game? Yes. I'm, I'm sorry, we've had a little bit going on here. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, I think I think we'll be okay because they gave uh, they gave some bigger gaps than usual. I feel like in the time slots. Now they don't have, and they have that kind of um, middle of the day type situation where if 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 one game goes long but another one is shorter, they'll catch back up, which is kind of what happened yesterday. 
with that extra inning game, but then Tanner Hall from Southern Miss was considerate of us, and he threw a he got it over quick. He yeah. said, "Let's just get it over with." So yeah, but there's no more Tanner Hall. Yeah, that is the problem. I did think <laughs> about that. No you more. Don't Tanner have any Halls. more Tanner Halls throwing. So do you well, know maybe any? Carson Fluno, but but maybe that so, but I mean, that won't matter. Right? We're talking about before yeah. the Cajuns. Well, and I don't. I still don't know what's going on with Coastal because they mentioned a couple of guys that are maybe out for them starting pitching wise, and they threw the freshman. But then I'm, you know, I didn't see anything definitively saying those guys aren't going to pitch. So I'm really wondering what they're going to do, um, and that could be kind of, you know, potentially game changing. Now we mentioned though the Cajuns, they hit all of Coastal's pitching except the Sunday guy who wasn't supposed to be that good anyway. Yeah. So. But that might have been just a familiarity thing. That cat Drumheller. Oh, he just made an out. Uh, Cajuns, they've had trouble with him. Yeah, now he's not on the Georgia Clark, um, Danny Lynch category, but he has been there forever, and he has yeah. been getting hits against Cajuns for a long time. Absolutely. So again, that's that's five to three, uh, still in the bottom of the six. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping before eight thirty. I, I thought eight eleven last night was was good. I mean, I'm hoping before eight thirty, not ten o'clock. Ten o'clock. Man's trying to try, trying to make it rough on o, us old fat people. But, all right, so we'll see what the Cajuns do tonight. It's obviously crucial. Look, if the Cajuns lose tonight, is their season over? No, but it, it, it's going to be rough. They, they really, really, really need to win tonight against Coastal. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be extra. I just... I just can't believe Coastal's going to get a top eight seed. I've heard people mention that. I I just don't I don't think they're a top eight team. I just I could be wrong, but I and I'm judging it somewhat over in the three game series and what we saw, but also how they just how they played overall in the last month. I, I just don't think they're that. So, I, I, I look, it would be a tremendous win if the Cages could get it tonight. But I think it's I think it's very doable. Now, one thing that can't happen, and we haven't touched on this, but because the final score was 6-1, to one, but, like, they got to get the replays right. Like, the, you know, the Cages were safe. They were safe at the plate last night. We haven't even gotten into that. When you win 6-1, to one, you don't worry maybe about that. But, again, it goes back to, like, the NFC Championship game that I like. It's about you, you got to be able to get that stuff right. So, hopefully, if they have replays tonight, the purpose of replay is to get it right. Not to continue getting it wrong, so hopefully that doesn't play into tonight's game because that'd have been very dicey had it been a close game. All right, appreciate all the phone calls. Y'all have a nice day.